wingtip. Good afternoon. It is June 20th, 2022. You're listening to A Little Column A, Little Column B, hosted by Will Limnos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Let's get right to it. There's a team at the top of their league now. They've been gone for a few years. I'm, of course, talking about the New York Yankees. They're up 11 games on the Toronto Blue Jays in their division. They're up five and a half games on the next closest team. Nine and one in their last 10. Do we think the Yankees, are they peaking too early? You know, it's not even 4th of July yet. What, what, what are you thinking? I'm sorry. I thought this was the little of column A, little of column B podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know how you know how delusional you are of trying to avoid talking about the alleged Celtics disappointing disappointment in the finals here that you're just opening with Yankee talk? You don't even have a random fact or anything for us to go with here? We're, we're going with the Yankees. Man, you, you're a sad homer. Was, you're a sad homer, man. I thought that was the safest way to go. No, no, that was it just just embrace it, all right? They, they, we said this on the last show. We said this for the past couple of weeks. There was no disappointment in this season. This was a huge success for Boston. We had unwatchable games as of six months ago. I stopped watching this team. The team I gave up watching somehow ended up in the NBA Finals and beat a bunch of good players to get there and lost to a really... Games. And won two games. I mean, arguably, we had a we didn't have a very good chance, but I still think we had a chance to win the series. Am I disappointed by it? Yeah, a little bit. But do I do I think Golden State was the better team? Yeah. Like I I didn't I'm not losing sleep tonight being like, well, if we'd only done X, Y, and Z, you know, this this would have worked. We really blew the opportunity here. I, I think we had opportunities and we didn't capitalize off them, but the better team won, right? Oh, you're not even going to say it? You're, you're not even going to give him that. All right, that, that's that's fair. That's that's just generally how it all works. And uh, that, that's, that's a good start for the, the podcast here that Zach's already lost service so, so conveniently right now, and I just throw it to him. Uh, but, you know, it was a hell of a series. Curry's an amazing player. I don't think anyone's shocked by anything like that. I, I, I think we're more shocked that Draymond and Clay were able to kind of turn around on the back end of the games there. It's It's really impressive that they're just keep, they just keep going and that this team is going to be better next year. And that they were able to get it done this year without trading Wiggins, without trading Wiseman, without making all of the moves that everybody recommended that was like, why are we trying to win it this year? Just rebuild, let Clay get healthy, and, and it'll all work out in the end. And they said, nah, you know what? We think we can win it this year, even with all those problems, even with all of that. And and they did. I mean, the fact that Clay was able to become a, a relevant player again that soon, not, not that I expected him to, to not be relevant. I, I just expect him to be even better next year, and he got even better as the finals went on. And that was just impressive. They they came out and played. Draymond as well. A huge turnaround for him. I I don't I don't have a lot of disappointment for the team, though. I'm, I'm okay with the Celtics. I don't know what our future holds. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of flexibility. I don't, I'm not sitting here demanding we do a move or anything. I do think there's some recalibration of some valuation of some players that, that you know, we could you know, reassess. I, I think we, we gained some good things. We learned some good things. And we also got a, a really, really good rookie year out of our rookie coach here. Like that's, that's awesome. I think that's a win right there. That, that's experience you, you could only dream of. All right. You're going to coach, you're going to coach the Boston Celtics for the first time ever. You're going to coach an NBA team for the first time ever. And guess what? We're going to go to the NBA finals. Does that sound all right? Like you're on board with that, right? I did not hear uh, a lot of people complaining about uh, Ime in, in the playoffs where that seemed like a, a spot, especially earlier in the year where there's definitely, I think there were definitely rumblings. I don't know if we got all the way then like this guy needs out, but I think we definitely had the, it, is it, is it the coach? 
like Brad struggled last year, but the struggles were never this bad. You know, is is uh, is it is he in over his head? But I know that there are veteran coaches that in the playoffs, you know, can get coached can get out coached and i don't think that Ime got out coached i think kerr did a did a, did a great job uh he's he's been there he's been around championships a lot he has a whole lot more experience but i don't think that there was just some drastic drop off and that's the reason that that we lost no I, to, to say it quite simply you couldn't just plug in another coach and suddenly the celtics are going to win this series the end of the, the end of the result was they had the best player the best player showed up. He showed up all of the games. He had. They even won the bad game. They, they won the bad Steph Curry game, and that's just more credit to the team and the coach and all of that. But I, I don't think there was any adjustments that the Celtics did blatantly wrong. I mean, to, to criticize Ime, they make it to the finals. We, we beat the Nets. We beat yeah. Milwaukee. We beat Giannis. We beat Miami. We beat all of this, and we just lost to the Warriors. All of which is anyone shocked by that? It's, we had, it, we won two must-win games on the road in the the second and third round, and that's that that that's impressive. I, I think both teams, uh, you know, if we had somehow beat the uh, beat the Warriors, and we could we could have done the, the the same routine of, what you know before the season started. Hey, what if I could lock you in for a deep playoff run? Would you sign up for that? It's like absolutely. I think part of it is just that we were ahead in the finals. We were up one one game to nothing. Then we were up two games to one. So I think if we had gone in, we had lost the first two in uh, Golden, you know, in, in California. I, I think this feels differently, but just it was, oh, we're, we're ahead in the series. You know, we, we, we hadn't been ahead in the series, uh, you know, for, for a while. So I think that it's just once you, once it's that close to have it ripped away, uh, especially for, for me, this is a little more and more personal, but it's like, Duke makes it to to the final four, you know, so close. And at the beginning of the year, I, I don't think we necessarily had, you know, you're always hoping for championship aspirations, but we struggled down the, down the end of the season. Final four seemed like a, a, a tall order. So, you know, if you just said, Hey, you're going to make it, you know, to, you know, uh, a fine showing in the, in the second, second weekend. It's like, oh, okay, all right. I, I, I could probably deal with that. And then, but it's like, once you get to the final four and once you get to the finals, you, you get greedy. It's like, no, no, I, I want all of this now. There's there's a point now where everybody does this Monday morning quarterback where the season's over and it's like all right let's reassess everything Are, is is the direction we're going the right direction Are we did we make the right moves What were the mistakes we made What's something we can do better for next year And the one thing I could say about both of these teams is I think they've made really really smart moves over the past couple of years and I think they will continue to benefit them throughout the years There there isn't one decision here that I, I can point at that was saying like yeah that that definitely wasn't worth it. I mean, the, the Kemba Walker signing is unfortunate, but I, I think without that, I don't know if we ever end up being okay with paying Al Horford. Like, they had to get so bad <laughs> that, that we had to trade for that. That, that. that just worked out really, really well. And plus, he made some money, man, because we made it to the finals. He, <laughs> he had a whole bunch of bonuses and everything in his contract, so I'm happy for Al. It's, it's a little disappointing that the season's over. I was stressed with the last results of the Celtics. Just I just wanted to win. And there's nothing wrong with that, it's, and it's kind of ridiculous to just demand it. It's just it's not easy. This is hard to do. This is a challenging game. There's a lot of other teams playing hard to win too. And I, I just uh, I just wish there was. I just wish we'd won. Really, that's that's really what I just yeah, want right. to say. I just I just wish we won because it was like everything else is so great. I I have such a good feeling about everything that went. I'm not even ending the season with that bad taste in my mouth because I I really like Curry. We talked about this about how likable this whole team is. Like you know how hard it was for me to hate 
Clay Thompson for a couple games here. Watch him struggle and be like, oh, I think they should bench him. I don't think he's got it anymore. Like, I'm just saying this out loud to just try and manifest some some sort of cloud over him that, that I can't even do. I, I, I'm struggling to do it. Now, Draymond is is another thing where I, I just don't like the, those, ty- those style of players. I've said that multiple times on the podcast here. There's, there's no real point in kind of reiterating it, but, you know, he's a champion. It It's all worth it, right? Because he won. Does that that all makes it worth it? All all the all the non basketball plays I'll call them. All the the talking, the the, the quote unquote dirty plays or the hard plays, and all all worth it. Everything worth it. Uh, but we do need to talk about the future. We got the draft on Thursday. What are well, what are your expectations for both of these teams going forward from here? You had mentioned before. Uh, you know, you pull up the. Celtics salary, we were pretty much locked in for this team for the foreseeable future. Uh, Through next year and the following year, we have Tatum, Brown, Derek White, Marcus Smart, uh, Tice, Time Lord, uh, and I'm assuming we're going to pick up the team option on Aaron Neesmith. So besides, you know, the only one I didn't mention there is Al Horford, and I could easily see him re-signing to – to, to something at, at that point. I mean, he's going to be, he'll be 38. So I, maybe <laughs> he, he could easily just, you know, he, he, he could be done, but this is, this is the team. We can for sure do some crafty things with the, uh, with, with the cap. I think that this organization, this ownership is going to be willing to pay into, into the luxury tax. I think that they've been avoiding it. There's a, uh, you know, repeater penalty that, I think it's after, you know, it's one, two, and three. So it's like you really want to avoid it until you're actually going to be good because then you know you're really going to have to pay to, to keep that team together. Uh, I think that we'll be, we'll be willing to do that. We'll have to look at uh, re-signing uh, Grant Williams. He's got a team option for, for next year. i got to imagine we'll, we'll pick that up. I, I don't see a, like a, like a big move that we're going to make that's going to make everything better. I've been surprised listening to all of the NBA podcasts I listen to. And after losing in the finals, you really realize how many NBA podcasts I listened to. And I did not realize how unlikable we were as a team. I think you know, maybe we're just in it, but I didn't think we had anybody on our team that was over the top. Just like, Oh no. Like, or even like as, as a group, we definitely complained to the to the refs a bunch, but I think in the second half when we got more successful, we did that less. But I don't feel like we have anybody on the team that's really unlikable. But it seemed like the majority of the podcast, you know, the non Bill Simmons, there was it seemed to be joy that the Celtics and maybe it was more the Celtics fans didn't come away with a with a championship. And I, I'm hearing a lot of uh, Jason Tatum slander, which he did not have the the, the best finals, but. This is a guy that this year was an NBA all-star, was all NBA first team, and won the Eastern Conference MVP. And for sure, this is the first year that they've had that. But that means that in the East coming out of that, he was the best player. And I think that if we had won the championship, most likely he would have been the, been the MVP. But I think we said right at, right at the start, it was either going to be Tatum or it was going to be Curry on the MVP. It was ever, whoever team won, it was going to be because they showed up. And Curry showed up much, much more. But I think that Tatum is uh, is young. You said you, you didn't believe in his uh, his shoulder injury. There's been no news that's come out about it, but there was definitely something 
wrong. I, I still think we're going, coming into those games. He, he just he's, he, he's shaking it out. I have no idea how much of it and how much of that impacted his, you know, not really driving to the hoop so much. He played uh, a ton of minutes in the, the regular season. I think he had the record uh, for this playoffs as well as uh, it seems uh, a long time ago, but last summer he played with the USA team and won us a gold medal. I, I just think the journey to the finals is, is really the only resume you need to look at for Tatum this day. So yeah, he doesn't have a great finals, but he won a lot of games that a lot of the guys could have won, but, but he won them. He, he beats Brooklyn. He beats Miami. He beats Giannis. Now, now, like, you know what? I, there is, I do want to touch this. There's been a lot of, well, if Middleton was healthy, you know, Milwaukee probably advances. And, and, I, and I, I do agree with that to some degree. I also, I'm going to say this. This is even more reckless that, yeah, obviously they would have been better with Middleton. And I'm not sure that means they beat the Celtics for sure. I think it would have been helpful for that. I do think Milwaukee is such an odd matchup for Golden State. And it, and it kind of cuts both ways. But I watched... Tatum and Brown get to the rim a whole lot against Golden State and just miss at the rim. And and they also were just poor attempts on trying to not get fouled or trying to get fouled and getting way too caught up in all that. If Giannis gets to the rim against that team, they're always going to call the foul, and he's probably going to finish most of them because there's no one that's going to be able to meet him at the rim. I, I would have been really interesting to see Giannis try and attack that Golden State team and watching him just Eurostep his way to the paint, not effortlessly, but on – on his own power, like he could do it, he could do it pretty much any time he wanted. And watching Curry counter that on the other end, it just would have been interesting to see their defense really tackle the similar way Boston did. You know, I just don't know if they are quite as equipped. I mean, Grant Williams isn't on that team, so you know, maybe maybe nobody's equipped. But I, uh, I just think that would have been interesting. Do you feel, do you feel the a similar way about Milwaukee in or any of the other teams in the East, and thinking that they maybe had a better shot against Golden State than Boston did? No, I, I don't think so. I think we matched up pretty well with with Golden State, where we had the our, our, our bigs are able to at least switch on to on to guards. I mean, Curry is an all time great for for a reason. Yes, Al Horford can't stay in front of him, but Al Horford is pretty good. Can stay in front of a, a lot of guards, and I think that some of the other teams don't necessarily have that. We were able to throw multiple guards. You're switching up at the top. Uh, you know, we have the defensive player of the year. Who's a guard? None of the other teams have that. Uh, if if there was a a team that was supposed to play the Warriors, they they would have won all of the Eastern Conference playoff games and would have played the Warriors, but they didn't. Uh, I think it's easy. It's super easy to just go. Oh well, you know, if Middleton was there, totally different. Cross it off. But he he wasn't. We're never we're never gonna know. You know, if if he's there, I I think I, you're. I guess I guess I guess it can can be different. Middleton loves uh loves playing playing the Celtics, but. Thing, thing, things uh, go go differently. I think you're underestimating just how challenging it was for Boston to beat Giannis in that I don't think every other team is equipped to do that. We, it, to some degree, I feel like we're built to do that. Like we were worried about that. This was the Embiid and Giannis team that was had a good had good size, had some guys that could score. We could switch on every guard. And sure, that sounds like an advantage that matches up very well against Gold State, but it really doesn't even matter. Is Whether you switch or don't switch or chase, these guys are going to get a lot of threes off, but the wall we put up against Giannis, I would have loved to see Golden State try and do the same thing because I don't think they could have done it. And and it would have been weird. It's It may be weird going into next year if that ends up being the finals where it's like, hey, Boston was able to get this done, and I know we didn't beat Golden State, 
But I don't think there's a lot of other teams in the league that could have shut down Giannis. Not even shut down. Just beat him in a seven-game series like Boston did. I, I don't think it's easy. I really don't think it's easy. It's, it's, and really, I, it's really not easy. And, and, I, and I think every other team in the league is, is lucky that we were able to somehow take out the, the hot shot of Giannis there and cool down everyone else who didn't have to worry about that anymore. I, I, I just think that's something that's, that's, that's what everyone should be saying. They shouldn't be saying, well, if Middleton was there, they, they probably beat Boston, and then you know who knows what happens in the finals. I don't think Middleton's value is, is – it, it obviously makes the team better, but I, I don't think it shifts everything quite as much as everyone thinks. I just think Giannis – is a really hard guy to shut down, and it would have been fascinating to watch a more or less undersized Golden State team try and match up with that. And I don't think it would have worked. I really don't think it would have worked. Uh, but the season is over. You talked earlier in the week about maybe wanting to do some player evaluations where we kind of recalibrate. I, there's players that I think have increased their value over the playoffs, and there's players who maybe lost some value over the playoffs, and there's players that you know maybe just deserve a little bit more of attention or just, uh, you know, deserve to be talked about that don't always necessarily get talked about is uh is there a specific player you want to start with or do you want me to just start throwing out some names and we could say properly rated like what do you do you think they'll be better next year worse next year or they'll be the same as they were right now like almost no change at all oh you took this differently than, than i meant it this is this is purely personal purely personal this is the, this is the, this is the I, calibration this this is my thoughts on on players after the playoffs not on whether their actual abilities i have seven players written down right here all right let's play right. your we'll play your game all right you know you want to do my game first uh either way what, what do you want to do all right I, I i got some names here i i basically these are some guys that i think improve like improved this year and i want to know if they're going to be better next year the same next year or worse next year like is this a fluke or not basically okay uh how about we start with uh philadelphia's tyrese maxi i thought he had a fantastic playoffs i think if anything the hardened struggles were almost ignored slightly because of the shine i thought i saw on maxi and i i wonder i just wonder if they don't do the hardened trade if simmons is actually in a in a good situation and is able to play for this team if if simmons tyrese maxi and Embiid is somehow enough I, I really like Maxi. I'm in on it. I like the, the big jump. I like that he was aggressive shooting. I think he's a good fit for Embiid, and I just like the way he plays. He plays hard. I, I, it's hard to find guys like that. Uh, do you think he'll be better next year, or do you think this is a little bit of a fluke? Uh, it's, it's not a fluke. He's, he's a young guy. I think that he it's going to be a disappointment next year. I think he's going to play relatively the same that he did this year, but where this year that was this is awesome. This, this kid, oh, he's got so such a bright future. And just a lot of times with basketball, that line of growth is not linear. So now the expectations are linear of, uh, okay, 17 and a half points uh, per game. Okay. Oh, he, he's going to get even better. Now he's going to be low twenties per game. And so if he's right around 17 again, uh, look at uh, Tyler hero after his uh, rookie season where he was really good. And now he's, you know, he's not worse than he was before. I think he's still improving, but it just doesn't have that exponential growth. So I would say he's going to play similar to how he did this year, but uh, it's going to be a little bit disappointing. He's not going to quite make that jump as well as now you got a, you got, you got Harden there. So you got, you got to figure that out. I, I actually think he played really well with Harden. I actually think Harden liked playing with him because he is a high energy guy. And I think he's going to loosen the, or, you know, just lift some of the workload off of uh, Harden's shoulders. And I don't think he's a workhorse quite like Maxi. So I think that's that's actually a good pairing. I, I think he'll actually be even better next year. I'm not saying all-star, but I think 
I think he's going to be on the scouting report for most teams when they're like, hey, we need to focus on this guy. And that's that's a that's like the nicest compliment I think I could say to him after you know, not really having a, dis- a disappointing rookie year or not really having a disappointing Kentucky season either. Just he's a relevant name now. And is, as well as some people, I'm sure always expected it to be. But I, I, I think I have a little bit higher expectations for him next year. Uh, he, he does shoot well, well from three. So if Harden does come back and it's closer to, to peak Harden than what we saw at the end of this year, and it's a little more of, hey, I'm going to cook. And he, sometimes it's a little bit of, you go stand over there. You know, he, he could hit some, uh, some catch and shoots. And I don't think that's exactly what, what they want to use him as. But, you know, depending on how good Harden is, you know, Maxie's not going to be the, the first or second option for sure. All right, was it, do you want to do a little bit more of these? I got like I can do two sure, more. Yeah. All right, all right. I got I got one more. We just talked about the Golden State Celtics series. I, Jordan Poole is a real fascinating player to me because I, if he's not on the Warriors, I'm not even sure he's relevant. If anything, he's the high point scorer on a team that we never pay attention to. But because he's on the Warriors, this is like suddenly relevant heat checks that that we're tuning in for because he's he's a heat check guy and he's on a team that's winning games and that that adds up to a really really good player. I think he'll be even better next year. It's, it's it's weird to me that his growth is almost going to be capped because of the way Golden State plays. But if he accepts all those roles of just playing within the team and understanding you're never going to be a true number one, but we're going to kind of let you cook in these little moments, that he'll thrive in that role forever. Like he can make an entire career off that if, if he wants to. And I'm not entirely sold that he'll always want to, but I think for right now he's in a really good situation and they just managed to capitalize off another threat. I mean, they sucked all of last year just just so this guy could be this good this year. I, I think that was worth it. Uh, I, I'm i in on, on Jordan Poole. I'm not sure if you're going to share the similar opinion, but do you think he'll be better next year or more or less the same? I think he's going to be a little bit worse, mostly because this year Clay was injured for a bunch of the year. Steph was injured for a bunch of the year, so he got a, a ton of run where he could be a little more of the guy. Uh, I mean, it got so crazy for a while that they, they turned the, the death lineup into the death pool lineup. His name was literally in it, <laughs> and that, that kind of uh, just exploded overnight and then crashed and burned and was not really a, uh, anywhere near what the, what the death lineup was. People jumped onto that way too quickly. But his real issue is nothing to do with his offense. All has to do with his defense. He's lucky that he's on Golden State, and the rest of the team is good at defense, and so he's able to be good enough on offense to warrant being out there. But I think in a lot of other teams, especially with maybe a little older kind of coaching model of if you're not playing defense, you're not going to be out there because there's definitely some times when the Celtics had success of saying pools out there. We're going right at pool. Everybody clear out. He is the weakest defender. We're going right at him. Uh, you know, kind of the, way LeBron would do in, in those finals of just who's the weakest defender. I am just going to go at him over and over and over again until you sub him out or you double team or you, you have to make some sort of adjustment. So I think he needs to increase the, uh, the defense if he wants to continue having uh, a long career. All right. Totally fair. All right. Last one. I'm going to group three guys together. I want you to tell me which one you think is the most likely to make an all-star team next year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Deandre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Man, see, this is this is where I really wanted to talk about Mitchell. I is that's because that's shocking to me. 
I, I don't know what sort of I feels like all the players I just named there's potential moves rumored around not necessarily them but their teams are going to be doing or trying to do some sort of changes I imagine this offseason whether it's moving Aiden whether it's moving Mitchell or Gobert or just Cat had a really bad playoffs and I'm not saying you move him but I, I do think you recalibrate some thoughts on maybe you're not that type of guy and we we really lean a little bit more on uh, Anthony Edwards who did have a really good playoff playoff run uh I, Donovan Mitchell's just an interesting guy where I, I don't know he, he goes from being underrated and stuck in Utah to being kind of overrated and still stuck in Utah and <laughs> it just kills your value man uh yeah that that's just a that's just a weird one I I, I feel like I kind of got that wrong I hope I hope all of those guys are better next year but I, I I just Mitchell had a struggling struggle year just kind of a disappointing playoff and as well as Carl Anthony Towns and you know, Aiton Aiton didn't want to go in the game at one point. This is the number one seed, Phoenix, and he's he's turning down minutes because he's got beef and the whole owners thing situation. It's just a, a just an unfortunate situation, I think, for all all three guys. Uh, I I wouldn't pick Cat. I'm definitely not pick Cat. I would go with Mitchell, most likely to make an All Star team, even with all of that. I, I, well, I don't. I don't think Donovan, Cat will... Donovan Mitchell has been on a on an All Star team the past three years. Cat's been on an All Star team three years, uh, but. There was two early on. There was a few years in between. He he was on one last year. All right. Well, that that's I got I got two more, but I'm gonna let you do your little homer thing before we uh, we we just take everyone off the rails of this whole podcast. Of like it, the season's <laughs> over, and we're already doing random random player talk right now. Yeah, that, that's 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 what's happened, right? It's it's uh, June twentieth. Re- recalibration after after the playoffs. All right. So what did and you want to do with the topic then? Because this is what I thought you wanted to do. No, no. This is just this is just. Personally, how do you feel? We went six games with the Warriors. You know, the Nets we we, we swept, but the other two, you, you, play, you go seven games against a team. That that's two weeks, two weeks that you're just locked in. You see these guys o- almost every other night, and you, there's just certain things that you see. And I'll I'll just keep it mostly to the uh, is mostly to the to the Warriors uh, and, and the Celtics. But before I get to there, uh, definitely from early on. I have a greater appreciation for Kevin Durant. First time seeing him in person and just, he's just, just enormous. And you, you know, he's enormous, but until you just see it in person and just someone that's so much bigger than you are and just moving way faster and way smoother, it, that, that, that was a pleasure to watch. And very similarly, uh, but you know, not didn't see it in person, but Giannis, uh, we, we've played him before. We, we, we lost to them you know, in, in the playoffs not too long ago. He is just terrifying. Every time, it's just you feel like you got him bottled up. Like, okay, all right, he's gonna have to pass out of this. And then there's a little hesitation, and then he steps through and is dunking it. It's like he was at the foul line. How? It's got to be a travel. And then you look, it's like, oh man, not a travel. And just any any time he was at the top of the top of the key, it was just please shoot it, please shoot it, please shoot it, please shoot it. And any other time he was going to the hoop, it was terrifying there's just no nobody built that can actually shut him down. I mean, we threw Grant Williams at him, and I don't know if that's something that sort of worked this playoffs and will never work again if he's going to, you know, look at what Grant did and just go, absolutely not. There's no way Grant Williams is going to have any impact on what I'm doing. And he still put up monster, monster numbers. But definitely have a uh, – I'm even more scared, scared of Giannis, especially with how young he is and just every year this could turn into – you know, we would like to get back to the finals and we're going to have to deal with Giannis and could, could be, you know, repeatedly. 
right, if I, we're if we're open to have the success we're looking for, it could just be every year. Can we make it over the Giannis hump? I I have a calibration that that is going to along with the game you're playing right now. All right, I I got one thing I want to fix. All right, I want to okay. I want to read. I want to I want to stop talking about all the defensive prowess of Andrew Wiggins after he gave up 42 points per game or whatever to Luca, and he got credit for it. Same thing with Grant Williams. Grant Williams got a ton of credit for shutting down Giannis, who probably averaged 35 points a game and 20 rebounds. Like that's not shutting somebody down. And I understand that there isn't a guy in the world to shut these sort of players down, and that you're just throwing the best guy out there and and. I just don't think you should be able to get the credit of shutting somebody down just because you won the game. Like, there's a variety of other reasons why you won. All right, sure, that was your best uh, shot at doing that. But, man, if I got to hear, like, the defensive prowess of these guys, like, oh, man, real, really, really made Luca work for all of it. Yeah, work for 42? Like, really? Like, <laughs> that? that's – we're going to applaud that. There's no other league or game or series or anything like that where you'd be like, yeah, he did a really good job. He he only gave up less than 50 to the other team, to the other player. Like, that's that's not good. <laughs> Nobody's I, nobody's I, getting I'm, a trophy for that. I'm I'm gonna just disagree with you. I don't think you could say that Grant Williams or anybody on the Celtics shut Giannis down, but I do think the matchups that we threw at him wore him out. And I do think that there were a few fourth quarters that if we hadn't made him work so hard, he would have been fresher and would have been able to to score more. And there were definitely down the stretch of those fourth quarters, similar to how we've been able to have success against Embiid. It's just you could just tell. There's just there's nothing left in the tank. They're doing the best they can, but all of a sudden those those layups weren't aren't, aren't falling. I think it was game seven. I don't know if it was game seven or game six, but you know he was still kind of getting to the hoop, but the legs weren't quite all the way there. Or maybe it was luck, but I think wearing these guys down, especially in these long series, I think it can have an impact. All right, that's the best bet you have against a player of a certain skill level. I understand that, but just because you're the best bet doesn't mean you're suddenly good at defense. All right, like that's that's it's not like. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I didn't like all the attention of it all. Like, if I'm Luke at home, me like, why are they talking about this guy like he made my life miserable? Like, I scored at will. And, and I think Giannis is going to say the same thing about, about Grant Williams. I, 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 I just want to recalibrate all that, all right? We're, we're, we're going to go into the next year being like, well, you know, Wiggins, you know, defensive masterpiece here, you know, uh, NBA champion now, got a ring on his finger. It's like, I don't... I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I think he's really athletic. He, he's got a really strong body. He's he's not a rookie anymore. He's been around in the league. It, it makes sense that he would be have some veteran game on all of this. But I, I'm not saying he's like defensive player of the year. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I don't think he got a single vote for defensive player. I I almost guarantee he didn't, and I don't think he will next year either. That, that's that's my my little calibration here. Did you have something else you wanted to chat with here, or otherwise we're gonna go to some draft talk. Oh, I haven't even gotten to my main recalibration. Oh, oh, go for those it. Were, that, was, that was just like the, the, the warm-up. No, now I'll, get to, now I'll get to the Warriors. We'll start off with, uh, with, with, with the worst. I'm totally out on Draymond Green. All the way out. I think most people were all the way out on him, but I was still like, ah, well, he did get that, uh, that win, you know, a you know, couple finals wins off of, off of LeBron, and we had gotten smacked around by LeBron on a regular basis. So it was like, you know, the bully bullying my bully is like, okay, all right. And all his antics is like, ah, but, you know, he did this. Well, now that we had to play against him, uh, looking back, game two, no idea how he didn't get kicked out. Still can't believe all the conversations about, oh, well, you know, he already had one. So, well, that would have given a second one, and then he got kicked out, so that wouldn't be fair. It's like you already got a technical foul. There's a reason you get two. You get one, Justin, you know, okay, now you got to behave. And he just – for whatever reason, can go like the opposite way. I felt like he got the benefit of the doubt the majority of the time. 
so all the way out on Draymond Green, put him in the put him in the sports hate. You know, not real hate. It's not you know just. Let, let me I, let me I, ask I you this. All over, I had to see him all over on the 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 parade today. Oh man, he, you know, all sorts of the the, the post he wore the the Celtics jersey, uh, or is the Celtics shirt that we had at at the at the arena with the blank spot for the next next banner, and he put nope in there, and he, he had all sorts of stuff where it's just oh he boy does he hear hear everything, but that'll be cool because if he when he comes back to Boston, we'll uh we'll definitely be ready for him and he'll he'll get a nice nice uh, ovation. Um, hold on, hold one. on. Ba- based, based on all of that, all the Draymond loose leash of all this, of them basically refusing not to throw him out, do you think in some ways that's the NBA almost confirming that they regret throwing him out and suspending him that other game? Because this all feel like makeup calls at this point, where it's like, well, we already threw him out and he cost him a championship once. Like, we can't do that again. You know, we want to let the players decide all of this. It's like, well, then wh- there's we can't ever be mean to him ever again. Like, he's just allowed to do whatever he wants. There's no... He's going to get one T a game and we're never going to, you know, try to actually officiate it the way we officiate everyone else. Like, do you think the league regrets that? I think maybe, I think maybe they do. I think I, they do, right? They, they have to. Otherwise they would have thrown him out one of these games and been like, well, that's just Draymond doing Draymond. He didn't learn his lesson. We tried to, we cost him one championship before by suspending him a game. And, and, you know, that was his own fault. And And now it's like, well, we can't do that again. It's like he can never be responsible for himself ever again. He's he's a child without rules. It, it's 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 insane. It doesn't make any well, sense. Remember to me. Uh, what was it the uh, was it the uh, the Grizzlies series that he got he got ejected from, and then he like paraded and danced around the court and did like a whole I don't know like a, like a gladiator type like hype up routine before he left. That that was the that was the Grizzlies series. It was the series before. It, it it doesn't. It sounds like it sounds like Draymond. I remember him getting tossed. Yeah, it was definitely on the road. I don't remember which which game it was, but the do you think the league likes that though? Like, do they want guys like this? Because at this point, they're basically okaying it. They're not doing anything to make this stop. Like, do you think they the, I, this is the competitive I don't, I don't know. nature like they said, want? Is it is it the, these type of players or is it Draymond? And like you said, that he got ejected. They think it cost him the the finals, and so they won't do it again. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that because it, it seems like he's. It was almost like it's worth it now because it, he he paid the price and it's like a price they're never gonna make him pay ever again. And the more rings he wins, the the more power he kind of gains out of this. Where it's like, oh, that's, yeah, it's like, like, oh, well, he's a um, you know four time NBA champion. Yeah, like, yeah well, now you know, now he, it doesn't even he, matter he's the one anymore. That makes the rules. The, the biggest accolade on him isn't that he's a hothead anymore. Is that, is that he's a four time champion and that he plays really yeah. hard. It, that's the wrong story though. <laughs> it's not true. All right, sorry, I had to interrupt for that, but uh, you got you got more calibrations here. Go for it. Uh, this one is not uh, is not a is a, a friendly one. I, 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 it's not nearly as much as Draymond, but I like Clay a little bit less. There's it, one thing when he's doing his goofy like, "Oh, I'm Clay," and I totally get he came back from from an injury, but it's like, "Well, you're going against my team," and. At the beginning, when you weren't playing well, it was just like, okay, you know, it hasn't. And then he all of a sudden figured out how to shoot again. And it just, it just, uh, it's, like I said, it's no, nothing at the Draymond level, but it's just like, it just, there's like a little less, little less clay, you know, just, just like it a little bit less. And I think it just, when they're going against other teams, it's fun, it's cool. Game six, uh, clay at uh, OKC is still just one of the most unreal shooting performances I've ever seen. But just, I just like them just like a little bit less. Um, then they kicked 
they kicked out fake Clay Thompson. Like now, what is he supposed to do? Uh, poor guy. Uh, next one is I like Jordan Poole just a little bit less, but him it's closer to it's not even um it's different from not liking him. Where like Draymond, it's just like I just see him, it just like makes me angry. Where Pool, it's more of a little closer to uh, you know, we we're talking Middleton before of just it felt like every time they needed a big shot, he was ready to go. And a lot of times it was at the end of the half or the end of the quarter. And I don't know, I think it was, I don't remember if it was game five or game six. I think Curry had the ball and Poole was like near him. And I was thinking like, well, don't pass it to Poole. It's like, well, Curry's got the ball. But still I thought, no, no, this is what Poole does. And the, the funny part, and I think it's because I did like Poole more. I don't know if you remember, but when I was out visiting you for March Madness, Poole is the one that hit that buzzer beater from Michigan that won me the squares. Oh, I do remember that, actually. I didn't yeah, know that was Poole. I remember the play. Yeah, yeah, Swaggy Poole, he, he, where he jumps and he like splits his legs out and then falls down. He wasn't following anything, but just like falls down. Yeah, so I think I just – I had him up higher, and now I just, he, he comes down a little bit. Um, now to go a little more positive. Well, I guess not all the way positive. This is how much you mentioned before how you like you like Steph. It's like this is how much I still like Steph. It just I, I don't like him less now. He just he just hurt my feelings. He hurt my feelings, and not even just like with the shooting. It was definitely in Game Six when he did the night night, and he did the you know put 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 a ring on my finger. He nut tapped smart, and it's just like if this was anybody else, if this was anybody else, I'd just be totally out on him. But for whatever reason, it, it's Curry. It's just like, I don't know. I just can't. He, his run at Davidson was just right when, like, peak basketball, you know, right end of high school, beginning of college. And, yeah, he's just going he's, he's gonna to stay there. All right. So you basically just wanted to say that you didn't – you don't really like a lot of the Golden State players anymore, and you wanted to nicely say that in some way. All right. That, that's fine. I don't understand how I totally misunderstood player calibration, and I came up with a bunch of players that I thought – had good seasons and maybe it's fake value or good value. Like I, it's that's my fault. But sure, you want I you want to gotten to the Celtics yet? Oh my God, we're gonna keep going. I'm, this is an hour podcast today. All right, go for it. I'm re, I'm recalibrating. Uh, I didn't. I, I I like Al Horford way more. I already liked him a bunch. I like him way more. I mean, coming in, get, getting the work done, just hit, hitting big shots, just. Steady, steady ship. Uh, his dunk on, on Giannis, where he dunked all over him, and the league was scared, and they you know, had to give him a flagrant because they're like, whoa, you can't have a 36-year-old dunking on the face of the league. So, like Al Horford, uh, way more. Uh, like Grant Williams and Derek White a lot more than I did uh, a month ago. I remember we were talking uh, before that game seven, and we were just like, should Derek White even be on this team? And he did have some, well, maybe just like one <laughs> redeeming game, uh, you know, in the past couple of weeks. But both guys, it's like, okay, I can see them. I can see their spot. And then the, the only thing was uh, for, for the future, if, uh, if just if Neesmith, can, can, can he be a player? Can he be the, rather than getting a new player, almost doing what Miami does or, you know, what the Warriors do of, hey, we already got this guy. We got this guy out back. He, he's ready to go. Can he, do you think he can make the jump next year? I don't. I don't. I, I will say this about Grant and uh, Derek White. 
despite all of the frustrations and all of the headaches that come with some of the bad games, there's no way we make the NBA Finals without both of those guys. And I have no no hesitation in saying that. You know, if you were to do a redraft of all these players, they probably don't get drafted early at all. And something Grant might not even get drafted at all if, if you were to redraft yeah. all of this. But with all that being said, we probably do not make the NBA Finals without both of those guys. And that's that's value that is irreplaceable. So I, I that that's the, pretty much the nicest thing I could say about them. I don't want to get into the headache stuff, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like we wouldn't have been there without them. So we, we gotta live with the the growing pains of the good and the bad that comes with them. All right, is that it? Are we are we ready to move on? Can we talk about the draft now? Sure, we can talk about the draft. <laughs> I, what else do you have? You have something else. I, I I'm rushing you. No, no, no. That that was that was pretty much to get all out. I, I just I don't like how people are giving giving Tatum such such a hard time. Uh, even if even if there's like there's no injury at all, he's only 24. I know that there's been the, the Oklahoma City comparisons of well they made the finals and they thought they were going to make it back and there'd be there'd be no problems, but I, I don't think it, it's not going to be Tatum's fault if we don't make it back. Is is what I'm thinking. I think he still has he still has room to grow. I think some of the the, the frustrations that he dealt with. Uh, where you know not not getting the calls he thought he should get. I think as he gets a little bit older, he's going to have a better rapport with the with the referees as well as he's just going to be more skilled. I, you saw when Harden was at his absolute peak. It's just like he just knew exactly what to do. And some of the you know Durant, LeBron, they they don't use their body unnecessarily. They know when to go in. Uh, I mean, in the finals six games. He only had one dunk. I, I think he, I think he, I think he was just worn out, and I think he's going to learn from that. I mean, we gotta think a little bit. Tatum put his put his you know body on the line to win uh win a, an, an Olympic medal. I mean, Steph Curry wasn't there. Are, are, should we be making the argument maybe Jason Tatum is more patriotic than Steph Curry? Wow, you know this has really turned into a uh, Zach basketball therapy session here. Not even <laughs> this is this is just the the Dude, Zach you, Zach basketball so venting right podcasts. here. <laughs> So many podcasts. I, I caught so many strays. It was it was it was rough. It's been a rough week. I, it hasn't even been a week. It's I, been I, like four days. It's it's not going away either. Like I said, the draft the draft is Thursday, and I am excited about that because it's just like cool draft. Uh, I think it's less than two weeks after that. Summer league is going to start. Uh, all the teams this year are all playing in Vegas. They're all going to play five games, and then there's going to be a uh uh. The playoffs where every team is going to be in the playoffs. So I am looking for, and I believe it's all going to be televised on ESPN or NBA TV. All right. I got some new thoughts on the draft. I, I really, I, I dove in. I, I really started to make some decisions on, on, on the players and, and who, who I like and who I don't like. And I know I've, I've already kind of had an opinion on chat and it, it wasn't a very good one, but the more I dug into some of the other guys, the more I started to figure out that I'm not sure this is this isn't gonna sound great. I, I might look really bad in like a short period of time. This might not even take long to make me look bad. But I, I'm not entirely sold on anyone in this draft being like a true number one. And I know that's maybe not the most shocking thing to say, but everyone's kind of been like, yeah, there's three guys. I think you'd be pretty happy with any three of them. And I agree with that. But out of the three guys, I worry that they're gonna be Andrew Wiggins type guys, where if they go to the wrong situation, 
we forget about them very quickly. And it's not even that they're bad players. If you put them in the right situation, like Wiggins is now in Golden State, and he's phenomenal. He's an NBA champion. I, I, I see that. Now, with all that being said, I think being able to fit on whatever team you're stuck on or end up on because you don't really have much choice here. You're being drafted. You're going to be told where you get sent to. I think Chet is going to be the easiest one to fit in wherever he goes. And I think that value is almost making him like a safer bet because I also think a lot of people feel like he has the highest ceiling because there are a lot of unknowns and there isn't a whole lot of comparisons to say like, well, he's just like this. It's like, well, no, he's, he's just not like there. You could pick apart reasons why he's not like Dirk Nowinski, why he's not like, you know, uh, Sean Bradley. Like there's, there are, there are certainly things that they, both those guys are good at and they can do, but I don't think they're the same type of player at all. I, I don't know what I would do. I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a bad decision with all of them. I just, I, I'm not as confident in any of the three as everyone else is, uh, between Jabari, uh, Paulo and, and Chet. But I, I think Chet's the safest bet now just because I think he's going to be able to play a good role like he did in Gonzaga that might be really helpful to a team. Now, it might not be number one pick worthy, but I, I think it may be like your team is always going to be better because he's on the floor worthy. Kind of like kind of like Al Horford where I don't think he should have went number one. I don't, I don't think he what, – where would Al go? Al probably went th- three, I think, something like that. I don't know. Al, Al is definitely a higher pick. But either way, your team is better and improved with him even if you don't see him in every All-Star game. And so I, I think that's my, my new opinion on Chet is I just think he's going to fit in a lot of rosters and that's going to make him stay on stay in the league a little bit longer. And it may not ever pan out to be some superstar commercial guy, but I think he's going to be in the league for a really long time because I think he's going to find a way to fit in and play with others really, really well. I, I do like that there's not a consensus the, you know, last year, I think we all knew it, it, it's going to be Cade. But I, I'm more of a fan of these drafts where up at the top, it seems right now like it's going to be Jabari Smith. He's the favorite to go to go to the Magic. But it's not an overwhelming favorite. Uh, it's not, it, it's not quite, a, quite a coin flip. But you, it's, it's, not, it's not a sure thing. And I, I like it how you, you don't really know what's going to happen where you show up on, on draft night and – it's going to be surprising well, whatever happens. Well, the best part about it is there's going to be a reason to watch on draft night because how many times in, in football and in all of them, it's like half these guys have already signed the contract before the draft even starts. So it's just a matter of the first three picks. We already know where they're going. And then maybe some noise gets made. Somebody trades up or down, or there's just a trade outside of the draft that happens on draft day, which, which might, might still happen. I mean, the, the Kyrie Irving thing is, is something we're definitely gonna have to talk about, but I, 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 that's a head scratcher of, of a situation there, but I, I want to stay a little bit focused on the draft for a little bit. Uh, what one player I do like, and I'm terrified of him ending up at Sacramento. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of buying in more on the Jordan Ivy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on board. All right, I got, I got stuck. Jaden, Jaden, sorry, not a lot of names over here. Right, <laughs> I wrote down a whole bunch. I can't exactly read the handwriting and everything. Uh, I'm in on him. I just don't think, I, I don't think he's gonna be a good fit in Sacramento. So how, how do I? How do we not get him there? Like I, I it's like I, I want to buy stock into the guy, but I, if he goes there, I'm, I'm just going to sell it all. Like it's not going to work out. He's not the saving grace to Sacramento, but he could be the saving grace to just about any other team. Saw Jaden play in person in Connecticut uh, beginning of the year, and during warmups, you could just tell it was just like, ooh, well, okay, he, he's the guy that's bouncing it and doing some, some pretty pretty crazy dunks. 
doesn't hurt that he has this similar hair to uh, to John Morant. So it's like, oh, well, John Morant's awesome at basketball. This guy kind of looks like him. He's probably awesome at basketball. So I agree with all the things you said about the Kings, though. What I do like about the top three guys, you got the Magic, you got the Thunder, and you got the Rockets. And all three are all solid players. I think they can all be be starters to, to better in the league. But none of them are Zion level where the league is going, we need to get this guy on national TV. These guys are going to kind of float below the, the radar, kind of like Cade did last year. Cade was hurt for, for a while, but they weren't really bumping up Detroit Pistons games on TNT and ESPN and ESPN in the primetime spots. And I think that's going to help these guys that we have such a short attention span. We see a guy play once, he struggles, uh, well, he's terrible, he's never going to figure it out. But, you know, go under the radar, let NBA, Twitter, and draft nerds, uh, you know, the real hardcore basketball guys watch it and not make a, a judgment too soon. And that way, when we get into January, we get into February, when the guys start to get some traction, you start to put up some stats or start to, you know, get some get some highlights then you can kind of introduce yourself to him rather than right away just going and seeing him and just saying like, Oh, well, this guy's, this guy's terrible. It's well, he's starting a new job. He's brand new. Uh, I mean, all these guys now they have to be uber confident. I mean, Chet came out and uh, said he, he's going to be the best player in the NBA in two months. I think Paulo said he's going to be the best player in this draft. I mean, they all have, like they all have to say it. I think. Yeah. Well, cause um, do you want the guy that the doesn't say that? Like you don't want it's, that guy. <laughs> It's yeah. It's like okay. Do you want the guy who's quote you know unconfident, or do you got you want the guy that you know is just not uh, just not not paying attention at all? You're not going to be the best player in the NBA right when you come in. <laughs> this is not how it works. Yeah, I'm I'm a little low on the draft. If I'm being honest, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the most shocking thing to say, but I I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to stay in the league for a while, but I don't think there's a lot of guys that are going to be making All Star teams. And that's fine. I think the league right now, if you draft well and you get guys like that, like these are the guys, this is going to sound crazy to say, but I think it's actually really hard in the league to find good role players. And, and all these guys right now aren't going in the league thinking they're going to be role players, and they probably shouldn't. But I think a lot of these guys are going to end up being really, really good role players if they're just willing to accept it and they end up in the right situation. And they're going to be in the league for a really long time, and they're going to end up winning more games than they ever thought they could have. I, I just don't know if they end up in the – they just got to end up in the right situation. You, you, like I said, Sacramento, you're not. I, I, that's the only team. If I'm any of these guys, I would just say no. Like how? How do I get out of this? Like can I? <laughs> like can I Eli Manning my way? Like just no. I don't want that. And then if you're the next guy, like, even if you are the guy that's like, nah, don't even bother drafting me. Like there's no way. I'm not even gonna show up. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna do that. They're just gonna move on to the next guy. And what's the next guy gonna do? Like you can't just constantly avoid your way out. Somebody does have to go there. It's just really sad that. It's just sad that Sacramento sucks, man. They're just so hopelessly for, bad. For so long now. They're they're on they're on pace, I think, to draft their fifth point guard in five years right now. I mean, they just traded Maxi not that long ago, and they didn't draft him that long ago. No, no, and they also the the Halliburton thing drives me crazy for all the reasons I just said I like chat is like, don't you think if you're if you're gambling, right, and you think all three guys or any of them could be good but one of the guys I think can just fit in just about any system with any other player, kind of like Halliburton, why would you move that guy? Now keep that guy because you don't have a building block. Keep guys that are flexible that maybe if you get lucky with something else, suddenly you got something here. Versus if you if you pick these other guys, 
that's the direction you're going. We're driving the ship that way. All right. We're driving the ship around Jabari. We're driving around Ben Chero, whatever. We're, we're doing that. And that's fine. But if that doesn't work out, you know, those, those guys, <laughs> the, the, the failed number ones, if you ask me, are, are just rarely ever rebound like Wiggins has. And and I don't know if it's just a situation, you know, and maybe anybody who's gone to Minnesota truly hasn't capitalized. But you know, Anthony <laughs> Edwards is uh, is maybe an outlier. But you know, look at somebody like Ricky Rubio. I think he's actually had a really good career. I I wonder if he gets drafted anywhere else. If we have a different opinion of him, because after he did bounce around to some other places, he's like, you know what, solid point guard. He's gotten traded a lot more, and I think he was almost. But early in his career, he was traded because nobody wanted him. I think later in his career, he's been traded because a lot of teams have wanted him. <laughs> it's just as like a fill-in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what the long term of any of these guys are. But I'm. That's my opinion on the draft right now. I, I'm excited to sit back and watch. I am anticipating. I don't know why. I, I got a feeling there's gonna be a lot of trades because I don't think this draft is as good as everyone thinks. So some people are gonna be trading in and out of it and and trying to improve their team other ways because I don't know if the draft is necessarily the best way to do it this year. Uh, but all right, let's talk Kyrie. You ready? You ready for this? Or do you, you want to waste uh, just some time? Add one little, uh, just one little quick, quick wrinkle for, um, for this draft. There's only 58 picks. There's 30 teams. Usually it's 60, but this is the Bucks lost a second round pick for that Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, sign and trade deal that they tampered with happened too early. And Miami lost a second round pick for tampering with Kyle Lowry when they weren't supposed to for, uh, for signing him. So, where the Bogdan one fell apart, so they got kind of dinged twice. Where Miami, it's like, well, maybe that was worth it. You lose a second round pick, but you get Kyle Lowry. You know, make sure he's locked up. But so, just just an interesting wrinkle that there's not going to be the full amount of picks as there normally would be. Yeah, sorry, uh, whoever, whoever, you're you're not getting drafted this year. You you missed the cut. You would have been sixty. You would have been fifty nine or sixty. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah. Right. Uh, also, I think it's going to be weird saying, yeah, I was the last pick of the draft. Well, you were 60? He was like, no, I was 58. Like, that's going to be an odd story yeah. resume right there. Like, last pick yeah. of the draft. <laughs> uh, all right, Kyrie's making some news. Apparently, we're at a, a point in time where him in Brooklyn, not really feeling it right now. And I guarantee this is over amount of years on the contract. It's not even the money. It, it's how many years are we going to add to this? I'm, I'm just... I have no inside sources on this. I haven't seen a whole lot of speculation on it. And also, Kyrie could just be difficult. I could be nothing related to money at all. It could just be Kyrie saying, I don't want to do this anymore because I've seen him do that before as well. So the speculation on all this, it could be a variety of things because Kyrie's a very random and unpredictably unpredictably difficult. Is that wrong way to describe him or is that like perfect? <laughs> I think that might be perfect. Yeah. All right. So maybe that is the perfect way to describe him, but. That that's where we're at right now, and now there's there's rumors of all of this, and I, I I dove into this today. I dove into this way too much, trying to find all right best case scenario if you're Kyrie Irving, like where could I end up, and and everything is just good and great, and I'm I'm happy that this is the situation I'm now in. I don't think it exists. I I went through it. I went through every single team, and I think there's a lot of teams that could be drastically improved by adding Kyrie. I just don't know if they can handle all the baggage with it, or if they can convince the situation for him to go there I, I i i don't see it i think he's gonna have to make it work in brooklyn i i really think it's still gonna work there i i can't imagine him playing for somewhere else they say that the uh the contract negotiations have are, are at an impasse 
Now, always have to remember with these, is this Kyrie's people coming out and saying this, or is this the Nets people coming out and saying this? Because this is a contract negotiation. He has a player option for next year for $36.5 million. I believe the Nets could pay him the most. I, I got to imagine they give him, if, if I don't know if it's the max or the, the, the super max, but I saw numbers north of, of $50 million per year. He's 30 years old, so if you're looking at even just a four-year deal, not a five-year deal, now you're looking at 34, 35-year-old Kyrie. And we kind of saw what happened with, with Kemba Walker. Kyrie Irving's a, a better point guard, but they're both smaller, I'm, I'm going to say. And Kyrie re- relies a lot on his, his quickness, and that's one of the things as you get older. You're still the same size, you're all right, you're a little slower, but if you're a smaller guy, you, you, need, that, you need that quickness. So I got to imagine the Nets are saying, Eesh, we don't really want to. We don't really want to be doing this in 2025 and 2026. You got the Durant portion of it, and now it, we're, we're we're past that that TV boom where everyone has got max room and are just even you know even the teams that don't. It's all right. You you move some guys around. So I got to imagine it's going to be a to be a sign and trade, but. That means they're going to have to get something back, and who, who's willing to give up something for for Kyrie, especially with how difficult he was this year, where he didn't play a good chunk of the year, and then he was only playing away games. And I got to imagine by next year, the COVID rules are going to be pretty well gone with the vaccine, but I, I don't know for sure. And just kind of what else is going to come up? Was this was this good for him? Where Al Horford sitting? kind of got rejuvenated and was, was ready to go? Or is this a, you know what, I kind of liked uh, putting up big stats because I only had to play half the time. Man, I, I, don't, I think there's a point in all these NBA players' careers where if I just said, hey, you have an opportunity to decide so-and-so, if you ask the follow-up question, it was like, well, well how much or what's it going to cost me or anything like that. If there's a certain quality of player, you just say yes. All right, they're they're LeBron James. There's somebody like that. You just say doesn't matter what it costs. I have a chance to get him. I do it. I don't think Kyrie's that player anymore. So if you want to put a value on him, that's my value on him right now. And now because you have to ask the follow up questions, I just think it makes it even more difficult to move. And he's just he comes with baggage. He comes with unwanted attention. He comes with his own personality. He has a terrible history of teammates that he just can't get along with or just can't find a reason to stay in town for. It's just who who's adding this guy to your team and feeling good about it for the price tag on top of it all. It's it's really fascinating to me because I think he's a hell you know of a player. Else? He's a really good player. You know what's also uh, what's also fun about this? What's that? This team also recently traded for Ben Simmons. Uh, this team also plays in the same division that the Celtics play in, and it was not too long ago that there were a whole bunch of pieces written and a whole bunch of podcasts about how wow. You know, Celtics made all these great trades, but look where it, look where it got them. It didn't get them anywhere, and now it seems like both the Nets and the Lakers are are imploding. Well, I think if anything, you look at the two teams in the finals this year. And sure, Golden State's a very weird situation where they built through the draft, they win a bunch of championships, guys get injured, they miss the playoffs like two years in a row or whatever, struggle for two seasons, they end up with another pick, it doesn't even play, and they win another championship. Like that is rebuilding. That is how you win championships. And I look at Boston. Two picks. Well, no, three, three picks. Three picks. Wiseman or well, Wiseman was in, not number two. So I mean, he he was really right up at the top. But they got Wiseman, uh, Kaminga, and uh, Moses Moody. 
also, Durant says, hey, I'm going to leave. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Do us one more favor. You can leave. That's fine. Get your money. We're going to do a sign and trade. And they end up with uh, D'Angelo Russell, who then end, ends up with Andrew Wiggins for an exchange later. Like, that's that's just awesome, awesome planning right there. That couldn't have worked out any better. All right, worst case scenario, Durant's leaving. How can we make this the best thing for our team possible? We'll do a sign and trade for a guy that doesn't even fit on the team, but maybe he'll have value for something else in the long run. It's, it's just excellent execution of all that. And if anything, I think it verifies that the super team thing, you could try it, and maybe it'll work if you get all the guys right, but it's really hard to do. I think in building through the draft isn't easy either. All right? I just mentioned all, all my issues with all the draft that I don't think any team is really going to get that much better this year through the draft. But I still think it's your best shot, especially for the price of it all. Because the thing with the super team is you've got to pay all these guys big money. You've got to give up big things. You've got to give up every draft pick in the world for the next 10 years to try and do it. And look at the Clippers right now. I mean, I think it was still a, a worthy gamble to do all of that for the Kawhi Leonard, the Paul George, the two-for-one with the, the 20 million picks going out to everywhere. But one guy got hurt, another guy got hurt, and now you're stuck with them. And you got to pay them the money, and their value isn't quite the same, and you don't really have a whole lot of flexibility you've really handcuffed yourself to this super team dream and there's no other alternative. So when you're shopping Westbrook and Kyrie Irving right now and you're trying to build that super team dream and you already have baggage with both these guys and the contract and the money of it all, why are you going in that direction when it looks like your best bet is to try and just find the next guy, find the next Kyrie, find the next Westbrook. There's somewhere out there. That's your better bet than rather than giving up half your team or giving up anything for your team to add somebody that may be detrimental or maybe not want to play for your team in who knows how long. Like that, that's, that's the one thing. I, I can't wait for the next agreement here, where, where the bargaining agreement, where this player empowerment just suddenly just goes away to some degree, where they're like, look, if you sign the Supermax, like you can't get traded. I don't know how they do that, but they can't do that anymore. Like When Bradley Beal signs this Supermax, whatever, five years, and the next week he's like, you know, I never really liked it here in Washington. I probably shouldn't have signed that, but now that I did... Can we open up those trade discussions one more time? Like that just shouldn't be allowed. I, I don't know how we'd stop all that, but I think teams are catching on to learning that it's not worth trading for Kyrie Irving at this point. And I'm just going to be amazed by the team that is going to do it, but I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to have to make it work in Brooklyn. And I think that's the best thing for Brooklyn as well. For, for every reason you just mentioned, the Ben Simmons, I, I just think they have enough pieces coming back. Joe Harris will be back. I think that'll be a nice help right there. Just They were a little shorthanded in shooting. One of the guys I had written down for player calibrations that we didn't talk about was uh, Bruce Brown. I, I thought his player value went up. I, I think he can be even better next year. I think he's a really nice role player for that team if they have Kyrie Durant and, and Simmons to some degree or whoever else. But, man, I don't know what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving. And I, I really don't even want to waste time on the story. I, I, I really don't care. There's a chance this guy might not even play next year. Like, what if he just doesn't even play? What if he just retires? Would you be shocked by that? Yeah. I'd be shocked if you. I'd be shocked if you retired. I'd be less shocked if uh, you're just saying, "Well, we we can't let players do this anymore." But you, you can't really stop them. We saw we saw it with Simmons. Of he just says like, "Hey, I'm not I'm not not going to play," and then think kind of realized, "Well, if you just refuse to play, you're in breach of your contract, and then you're not going to get paid." So then there was all sorts of other things that 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 came up. So, I mean. I mean, I'm sure you... he was he was actually hurt. I mean, he actually got back surgery. So I don't think it's all just just fake. But I think that we get closer and closer to that of just hey, I, I don't feel comfortable.
comfortable playing basketball. How are you to tell me that I am comfortable to play basketball? It's like, what, what are you supposed to do? You can't, you can't force people at, you know, at gunpoint to play basketball. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like having these conversations. It's just so unrelated to basketball. That's the worst part about it. Is we're talking about so many things that have nothing to do with his awesome crossover, it's, his it's sweet really jump shot. And hoop. Yeah, he, he's really good at that, by the way. I, we don't talk about that nearly enough. Instead, we're no, we're, we're busy saying, man, this guy thinks the earth is flat. Or, you know, this guy like doesn't want to get the COVID shot and is upset that he's playing in Brooklyn and that the, the, the city rules won't let him play home games. But yet he's allowed to play away games, and he's going to just go with that because he believes that strongly in this. I don't think you want a guy that believes that strongly in anything, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you know, you got to be able to ride the bus to some degree. You can't you can't just be driving off on your own all the damn time. And uh, he's going to learn that when he ends up in Brooklyn next year. And they end up trading him next year following. I think they're going to run one back well, one, one more he's time. He's got the player option. So he could just say, I'm declining my player option. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that, though, because I think he wants the money. And I think if he goes somewhere else, he's not necessarily going to get the money because the places he's going to want to he's going to want to go aren't going to be able to afford him for that money. So then they have to do a sign and trade. And if I'm Brooklyn, why the hell am I helping this guy? Like, yeah, I'd love to get something back, but I also don't want to help him. I'm not helping him go to the Lakers. You know, I, I'm. Well, getting... no, I think I think you do. No, you, no, no, you do want to help Kyrie because if he just walks, you just lose. No, you, you can you, sign you somebody else. You, you got... don't get anything. No, you can't. You can't because they're 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 paying so much in the in the luxury tax. You can pay your own guy to go over the cap, but you can't pay somebody else. So like if you lose them, you're just out of luck. So that's why you do the if you do the sign and trade, and that way you get assets back, and then you're able to pay those guys. I haven't seen all of the trades I saw. There's not one of them I would even accept the phone call for. All right, I would listen to the voicemail that you left me saying like, hey. We're gonna do a three-team deal. You know, we we gave this. Uh, you know, we gave Indiana a call. We gave Charlotte a call. We gave uh, OKC a call, and uh, they've agreed that if you send a, if, you know, this is the Lakers calling because this is the only rumors that you can ever hear are, are Laker rumors, where where it's like, oh, the Lakers are gonna get a, a a third and fourth team involved, and we're gonna send you all of their unwanted assets, and you're gonna send us your best player, and you know, and we're gonna move on from Westbrook. It's he's gonna go to that third team, and. It's all going to work out. It, it just seems ridiculous to me that there's such an expectation for something like that to happen and that the rest of the league is going to sit by and help that. I, I wouldn't want to help these guys. It's out with them. They, they made the bad decisions. They put themselves in a situation signing Kyrie Irving. They, you know, this, is, this comes with the territory. This, this is what they do. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't be rewarding any team like that. Uh, all right, so. Anyway, there's just, this is just all smoke, and then in a, in a week, it's just. Hey, I talked with uh, with Durant, and I talked with Nash, and I talked with ownership, and yep, done done deal. I think he'll play for Brooklyn next year. I I would be shocked if he gets moved. Uh, you think he'll just play on the on the one year deal, or you think he'll play on a on a revised contract? I think I think I think they should really only offer him three years, and if he wants to get more than that, he's gonna have to go somewhere else. Or, or they'll, they'll, they'll sign him for whatever contract he wants and then say, we're going to make an effort to move you because we don't want to pay you this. Which is a really weird situation to do, but I think if they can just get him on the court and just play one more season with Durant, it, he'll be fine. Like, they, like this should work. That's the, that's the other thing. It's like, this isn't like a bad basketball team. They lost in the first round. Sure, I, he criticized that, but they lost in the first round to a team that went to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Like, are you saying this was a complete failure of a season because you lost to the team that everyone else lost to? Other than one team, I, I just, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Kyrie just wanted more attention today. And the whole reunion with LeBron is so 
so crazy to me that he's like, ah, I wanted to do my own thing. And then now he's done his own thing. He's like, you know what was a lot better? When, uh, when I didn't have to do my own thing. <laughs> well, and then if he went to the Lakers, and then if it was just a one-for-one -one trade, you know, like I said, this is just wild, then it would be Russ and Durant back together. It'd be two homecomings. Or, not homecomings, I don't know what you call it. Reunions. Like two reunions. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody actually likes the reunion shows, all right? It's nice to get together for it all, but nobody, nobody ever wants more than one episode of the reunion, all right? Just get together, do an interview, that's it. We, we don't really care about it at all. Do, do a Super Bowl commercial together. That, that's the only reunion we ever actually want. Uh, all right, that's about it for us today. Lots of uh, off-season talk. You know, we, we, we'll make sure to capitalize off some Yankee talk next week. Sorry we couldn't get to it today. I don't know why he felt all like right, that. You know, maybe it. we got more time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is like the the Matt Damon on the the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah, sorry we didn't have time for Matt Damon, but maybe maybe next show. Uh, yeah, maybe next show. Maybe next time. But uh, we will have a whole bunch of draft recap because that is happening. The the NBA machine it just keeps going, man. That they have really capitalized on a, a fantastic year. I can't wait for the expansion announcements and all that. Curious about a midseason tournament. See if they pull the trigger on that. But uh, I anticipate some big trades coming Thursday. So we'll have a whole lot to talk about. We'll be back next Monday as usual. Uh, anything else you want to add for the people out there? Uh, just go seize. Go seize. Oh man, that was. Dude, give us one more, right? You could do better than that. We're gonna have a great draft. Second round, We're gonna get a really good pick. Go seize. All right, that was a little bit better. Go seize. We'll be back. Column A, little column B.